You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's our Europa League preview. Jimmy Conrad is here, and we're going to talk all the games around the 16th, second leg, AC Milan, Manchester United, Arsenal, Olympiacos, Tottenham, Dynamo Zagreb, and so much more. We also have a parlay parte, and we're going to help you put together a winning, winning betting line. Que golazo Europa League preview begins right now. Listeners, we want you to compete with us in a bracket challenge game, March Madness. It's coming very soon. It's here. I'll be there. Jimmy Conrad's there. James Bench, so many others. And we want you as well. Join us on cbsports.com forward slash Golasso Brackets. And the winner, everybody, gets a $100 gift card to Paramount Plus. I mean, that's amazing. And who enters just one pool, by the way? That's just amateur talk. You need multiple brackets. You can also create a group to compete against friends and fill out your bracket for the chance to win a Nissan Rogue and a trip to the 2022 Final Four. You can play on CBS Sports app or at cbsports.com forward slash Golasso Brackets. March Madness, baby! Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golasso, our Europa League Preview, Jimmy Conrad. What's up, man? Hey, happy St. Patrick's Day. Thank you. I think somewhere in my lineage, I have some Irish in me. But isn't that the joke? Everybody has a little Irish in them. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so everybody that uh, has some Irish descent, uh, have a great day. I hope you guys enjoy it. And for everybody that uses it as an excuse to drink, I hope you enjoy it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and that's pretty much it. But no, happy St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. To, We're done. Uh, Thanks for having us, everybody. It's been a great. It's been great. <laughs> that's it. Enjoy your drink. Now, happy St. Patrick's Day to the Irish diaspora uh, close and beyond. All right, Jimmy Conrad. Europa League preview, round 16, second leg. Hey, everybody. We have been doing this parlay thing, and we've been so close. Like so ridiculously close and it's been really annoying. So this week, Jimmy, we are hitting it. We're making it. We have to. We have to build some buzz around how smart we are about our wagering. Yeah, absolutely. And then we could tell CBS Sports to like up our uh, our pay. Exactly. Because we're making it happen. But before we do that, everybody, we'll we'll focus on the obviously the big games, uh, big games being obviously uh, perception wise. But for us, obviously, we have to begin with. Manchester United, as they face AC Milan, it's 1-0. And this is a trickier outcome for United than I thought, actually, Jimmy Conrad. What do you have? So, first and foremost, I'm going to say, perception-wise, not perception-wise, this is the biggest game. Uh, you know, these are two European giants with some very storied histories. So, we don't have to preface anything there. I think everybody knows this is the one to talk about, especially after that first leg where Milan got a header late. Uh, Simone Cher, the center back from Denmark. I switched jerseys with them when I played against them back in the U.S. Fun fact for you guys. Love it. He, had a, he had a header. I thought Dean Henderson maybe should have saved it. Doesn't matter. Still 1-1. I thought that was the fair result. I thought AC Milan were very good on the day, despite having a plethora of injuries, a lot of people missing. Zlatan Ibrahimovic in particular. Now, with leg two coming, 
they have a lot of those guys coming back. Slatan probably won't start this one, but for him to score any time, and you know that he wants to come back, he just announced he's playing for Sweden again in the Euros. He's going to want to be the hero. That's that's very Zlatan for him to come off the bench and score a winner in this game. So him scoring any time is plus 140. I'm just keeping an, on, an eye on that line for you guys because I'm sure there's some big Zlatan fans that are listening. Overall, the lines are this is a kind of a say coin flip, but I think there's a lot of good value here. So for Milan to win straight up plus 240 on William Hill, that's crazy value for me, given that Milan, I thought, were the better team for the, for the majority of it in the first leg, okay? And now they're welcoming all these other players that are their usual starters back. The draw's 230, and Man United are the favorites, plus 115. Now, obviously, Man United are very good away from home, and so we could see something there. Uh, Milan have not been very good away from home. They've only got two wins out of their last nine in all competitions, and... They just lost against Napoli this weekend, so they're getting closer to not being a part of the title race anymore. They're just going to be trying to grasp it for a top four spot in Serie A, so they secure Champions League status for next season. This Milan team's a little bit all over the place, but with regard to this, I think this is somewhere, Luis, where you could, you could find something, some kind of value. The problem is, with regard to our parlay, I don't want to touch it because I don't know which way it's going to go because I don't know who Manchester United, we talk about this almost, it's like a broken record, man. We, we talk about Ole Gunnar and, and who is he going to start this week? They have Leicester City on the weekend in the FA Cup quarterfinals yeah, at game. Leicester. So, so you have to balance all this stuff. Paul Pogba, apparently he put out an Instagram post saying he's back, he's available, ready to go. He's in the squad, the traveling he's in the squad. He is, I don't know, does he start? It's a really interesting game for me and I don't really know which way to lean despite the fact that Milan haven't been very good. Uh, they're winless in their last four home games. And, yeah. So, uh, and, and, have, and have actually failed to score in four of their last seven at the San Siro. These are all things we should take into consideration. But then also, this is a competition kind of outside of those league stats, you know? And, and I thought they were really good, Frank Kessier in particular, in that leg one. So I'm curious to see how Man United change. I will say that he started Matic last game, Ole Gunnar. I didn't like that decision at all. Matic just can't cover the ground. And I thought Frank Kessier basically exploited the lack of speed and, 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 and just not only speed physically, but also mentally. I just don't think Matic was there. I don't think he was ready to go. And I think Fred is going to come back in who covers more ground and uh, maybe not as savvy passing out of that position like Matic, but, but Fred McTominay have been a really solid double pivot for Manchester United this season. Yeah, well, let me say some things for you here to help you maybe pivot one way or the other one. I think AC Milan, you're correct, completely on, spot on. I, you know, things are not looking great despite the return from Slatan, et cetera. That might help. Uh, being at home helps, but maybe it doesn't just because United are so good away from home. David De Gea returns after mm -hmm. his paternity leave. Just that's one thing. Uh, Paul Pogba, we mentioned. He's not starting though. David De Gea won't start. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just giving you the traveling list. Okay. All I right. think I think that having a a squad that's bolstered helps a lot, right? Um, mm -hmm. Paul Pogba is in there. Van de Beek is in there, um, and you know, even though Juan Mata is not part of it, you still have, of course, you know, Amadiala, who was fantastic when he came on later. It, it, you know, so I feel, you know, when I look at this traveling squad from Manchester United, I think OGS is saying, we're going for it. Let's let's do it. So if there's anything in terms of both teams scoring and maybe United winning, what are we looking there? Because that could be an interesting. I feel like United are going to go for goals here. It, it, nothing here seems to me that they're going to be hesitant, especially because they conceded um, in, in the first leg. So I'm thinking both teams score, United okay. win. 
That's plus 320 on William Hill. For Milan to do that, it's plus 480. Oh, snap. So, but I mean, if you think there's going to be goals, it could be a 2 2 draw. That's plus 305. It, mm. uh, you know, because if they go one, oh, it could be 1 1 as well. 1 1 sees them go into extra time. You know, 2 2 would see United go through. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm honestly, this one's close. And, and, I, I, I spent a lot of time looking at this game, thinking about this game, sleeping in my Manchester United versus AC Milan pajamas last night. Like I, I have really taken a deep dive in this one and I just don't know. Uh, Theo Hernandez comes back into the team for, for Milan. He can hurt you in a lot of different ways. He bombs forward. Like I've never seen from, from those defensive positions. Very, very Jordi Alba-esque where like, aren't you supposed to be in the back line? He's up by the number nine trying to score goals. You're like, what is happening right now? So, so it's really interesting for me. I think that Baye started, Alex Tellis started, and Matic started. And I think all three of those guys are going to be changed out. I think Lindelof comes back in, Luke Shaw is going to come in, and then Fred's going to come in. And I do think that settles United in a way that makes them a little bit harder to break down. Yeah, well, Baye's not even traveling. So Yeah, he, right, right. But he started uh, that first leg. So, so. so there will be goals, is my point. Yeah, I, that's fair. That's fair. Mason Greenwood was very good against West Ham, even though – he missed a few. You know, yeah, he, he did miss off. a few. And there was a good save, a couple saves by Fabianski. I just, I really was impressed with that performance from Stefano Pioli's men at Old Trafford. I really was. We didn't expect it. They were missing Mandzukic and Rabich. Rabich comes back into the team for this one as well. Uh, Zlatan. Well, there's uh, definitely. Romanoli. Yeah. They were missing all of these guys. And, and I thought, okay, but now a couple of these guys come back into the, the team. Chahanalu comes back into the team. Uh, Kessier is going to be there. Liao is going to lead the lines. I don't know. I, 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 could, I could see a draw. I, I, guess, I guess I don't see necessarily Milan winning straight up. But I could see a draw. That's what, that, that gives me pause, as I like to say. Okay, so, so if you're a listener and you're going either one way or the other one, I, the only thing that I will say is there will be goals from both teams. That's all I know. I don't know who will win. I, I'm leaning United because of what I said, but to your point about Milan's returning of all those players, I mean, you're seeing a lot here. Tread carefully is what I want to say. And Which, why they're not part of our parlay. They're not part of the parlay. Right. So let's move on here. Let's, let's talk on. about Arsenal against Olympiacos. Um, Mm-hmm. Arsenal did the business, man. They did. They were uh, really good. They look really good. The Kevin De Bruyne from Croydon, Emil Smith Rowe, and, <laughs> and Co. did their thing. 3 1 heading into this one, uh, hosting this one as well at the Emirates. What do you have here? So, if you guys remember last season, Arsenal did win the first leg in Greece against Olympiacos and then lost the second leg after 90 minutes 1 0. So, they went to extra time and Aubameyang scored. And then with one minute left, El Arabi scored before penalties. And that was enough to see. I don't know how I feel about away goals in, oh, I hate in extra time. In extra time. I, we could, we, I mean, there's a big conversation just about away goals overall. I just hate but, them in general. I just, what's the point? It, yeah, extra, extra time feels weird. It feels like at that point, everything should just be even. Even. But okay. So that's what happened. Arsenal got knocked out. Now, Olympiacos faced the same situation. Arsenal obviously facing the same situation. Win first leg. Can they hold on? I feel like they're a little bit more in control with, with that third goal in particular. The thing is, people are going to look at that result and say, oh, it was 3-1. Arsenal in complete control. 18 shots, three goals away from home. They're cruising, smoking a cigarette for leg two. No big deal, right? But the goalkeeper for Olympiacos, who I like, Jose Sa, was trash in leg one. He should have made two saves on, on three of those goals, in my, my humble opinion. And he gets his hand on two of them, and they go in. 
So it's not as convincing, I think, Arsenal's performance as the scoreline might indicate. So I thought Olympiacos does a good job. They're very good at hanging around. Uh, just to give you an update on where they stand domestically, they have a 16-point lead on top of the Greek Super League right now as they look for their 46th title in club history, the most ever in Greece. Uh, Panathinaikos is second with 17. So they're like double, almost two and a half times better than the second-place team in, in so the history. this is their focus, I mean. They're cruising, yeah. And El Arabi, who scored in leg one, has 21 goals in 26 games in all competitions. He, him to score any time is plus 200 if you guys like that one. So, I, 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 again, this is another one where Arsenal don't need to win it, okay? And they are also, you know, they're working to get into the, you know, the league. Excuse me. Let me look at their – what's their schedule right now? I wanted to look at that really well, quick. Well, uh, let's they see. have a game. Yeah, but by the way, Bukayo Saka is not not, not part of uh, this one. Uh, he's not. He's hurt. Yeah. So that's so, right. I have it right here. I don't know what I why I'm looking for. It. So so Saka's out. Saka's out. They got West Ham on the weekend, and there's seven points behind West Ham right now, who are in fifth. So they definitely need all three points. And something I'm going to bring up tomorrow, really strong narrative for us uh, ahead of this weekend, is that everybody wants three points, or they're going to want to win their cup game before the international break. Because every, and I'm saying all of your players are going to get a break, but a good portion of your team is going to get a break and get to relax. So it's really to go, it's really good to go into that international break with some momentum and feeling good about where you are in the league and how you're playing. So, so the only other big storyline that I think we should talk about with regard to this is Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, and I bring it up because he got embarrassed in some ways. He had been late multiple times and Mikel Arteta put his foot down and didn't play him against Tottenham. And the team looked, looked pretty good without him. And so I think when he comes back into the team and I, I think he'll start this one against Olympiacos, he's going to want to redeem himself. He's going to want to earn the, the trust and respect in, of his peers. And it should give it to him just because of who he is and what he's done for the club so far. But but there still has to – there's going to be from him, I think, you're going to see something. I think he's going to be up for it. I like him to score Arsenal to win. Both teams to score plus 320. Now, the straight-up lines, Arsenal heavy favorites, minus 250 to win straight up, plus 350 for the draw, plus 700 for, uh, for Olympiacos to win. Yeah. Well, listen, I think you're going to see a real rotated game here. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Agreed. No, no, no. There's nothing to interrupt. Keep going. No, I think Aubameyang starts. I think Nicolas Pepe is going to, you know, start maybe. William, too, maybe. I think the back line, actually, uh, specifically center backs. Gabriel is going to be, you know, wrapped up in bubble wrap for that West Ham game. <laughs> no, maybe Maddie and Holden uh, start together. I don't know. I just, I think that 3-1 is enough of a cushion. I, I'm, I agree with you. I wouldn't necessarily say this is done and dusted because that one goal, right, um, makes it interesting. Although Olympiacos still have to score three no matter what because... Uh, Arsenal put three away from right. home, but Aubameyang starting for sure. And I think to your point, he has a point to prove. Mm -hmm. He wants mm -hmm. to prove. He wants to show Mikel Arteta that yes, you did very well against Tottenham, but you still need me. So he's mm -hmm. probably going to work his socks off on this one. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I don't, don't know, know, but it's another one where I could see maybe Arsenal not playing with as much urgency because they have that three-one lead. They're going to be reactive, Jimmy, as opposed to proactive. They're exactly. going like, to see exactly. they're going to see what Olympiacos has and then they'll see and then they'll be like, look, we're, yeah. we're in the lead. It's it, the ball's in your court. So we're going to take our time and see what you have. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think that might lend itself to a draw as opposed to a straight up win for Arsenal, which is why I'm staying away from this game for the parlay. Yeah, well, well done. Quickly, very quickly, wanted to talk about Tottenham against Dimas Zagreb, because if you don't know uh, Dimas Zagreb's story right now, their manager... <laughs> Our former manager, uh, 
it, it's just an amazing story. You have to, you have to share it. You have to tell the people. Okay, so basically, uh, Soren Mamich, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's his name. He um, has been given a four-year prison sentence for fraud. Mm -hmm. Okay, and around the same time, or I think even before or just after the uh, sentencing, he resigns uh, as the coach. And obviously, Sagreb's like, well, yeah, of course you have to resign, bro. You, you, you've been sentenced to four years in prison because of frauding and actually fraud towards our our own club. He was, he was yeah, he was he was siphoning millions of dollars in transfer fees from the club and like putting them in his own pocket. Him and his brother were set up this whole scheme, millions of dollars, and then he was also evading taxes. So, I mean, how weird is that? That this happened back in 2018, and he's still been maintaining his role as the coach throughout this whole time. And then once it, he got convicted, he's like, yeah, I got to step down. Yeah, no crap. You got to step down, dude. You're stealing millions of dollars yeah. from the club. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Let, so let me just read you the statement that he said on his website, uh, the website of the club's website. Although I don't feel guilty, I resign. As I said before, I would do if the sentence was confirmed. I wish all the good luck to the club. Um, okay, thanks. But, you know, like... Right. You're not, it's not like you're accepting fault here. I mean, it, it's just crazy. So anyway, so because of that, uh, Demir uh, Snar, Chris Snar, has been appointed as, as coach uh, for this game against Tottenham. So Zagreb already have their issues. They're 2 nothing down against Tottenham. Um, what do you have here? <laughs> what I have here <laughs> is I don't know how the players are going to respond to this. I'm sure it's been in the shadows and people have talked about it behind the scenes and, and that the possibility that this could happen, right? Because it, it's been it's been ongoing. It isn't like this comes out of the blue and nobody knows what the hell's going on. So I just wonder how they respond. They're down 2-0 to a very good team. And Spurs, you know, they're bound, they're 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 fighting their own demons, right? To get back into the top four stuff and to to remain relevant in a lot of different conversations and, and trying to be in good form ahead of the League Cup final against Man City. So I'm curious, very similar to what we talked about, Arsenal, Manchester United, who they're going to roll out for this one. I do like Vinicius to get the start over Harry Kane. Yeah. I think Kane could come on at halftime if Spurs are not playing well or the game's in the balance a little bit, or let's say Zagreb gets that first goal and now it's a little squeaky bum time. Vinicius has six goals and three assists in all – or not, not in all competitions, just in the Europa League. That's the best output by any player. And I like him to score, to be honest, and Spurs to win 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, plus 500. I think that's really good value. I think Vinicius will find his way in and around. He's going to get some opportunities. Lucas Mora should start as well. He's got four goals and four assists in this competition. So they have a nice vibe between each other. And I think they're walking into this going, let's just get this result. Let's just get the hell out of here. And, and then we can just move on to the next round and focus on, on everything else that's in front of us. So it'll be a fight. I, I think that Zagreb will fight, and they're going to be tough. But I just think when you have something like this with a manager that's been around for many years, it's going to throw you off in some capacity. And I think Spurs can take advantage of that. But that first goal is really, really important. And I will say that I do, I did know, I'm going to leave him nameless, but there was a manager that was notorious behind the scenes in MLS. He would get players from, from other countries. I'll leave countries nameless. <laughs> and, and, Very ambiguous right now. <laughs> I have to be, I have to be, because it's this isn't really my news to share. Um, no, of course, of course. But I do want to let people know that I've been around a guy that was, yeah, come up to, uh, come up and play for us and, and we'll pay you 80, 80 grand a year or whatever. And then, you know, he would tell the club that he was, he was, uh, you know, 120 or 140 grand. 
uh, that they were going to pay for him. And then he would skim that extra salary for himself. Uh, yeah. So, so I don't, I don't know exactly what Zoran Mamich was doing or how he was siphoning millions into him and in his brother's personal accounts. But with regard to transfer fees, I could see how you don't have to take off, take on much, right? Because if it's like a 25 million transfer fee or whatever, what the, how are they going to know about a million? You know what I mean? Like you could, you could, you could fudge a little of those things, or you could try to facilitate it in a way. Hey, I'll make sure this happens. If you just give me a million on the side. I mean, there's a whole bunch of shady stuff that I'm sure happens. That's probably bigger than Zoran Mamich. At, at yeah. Maybe if you're a PSG or Man City, you can afford to be like, oh, I don't know where I put that 1 million. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's at the back of the closet. I'm not, I can't remember. Uh, but just very quickly on Tottenham, by the way, they have a very big game against uh, my Aston Villa, uh, Tottenham right. 8, Aston Villa 9th on Sunday. That's, That's right. huge. That's it's huge. huge because uh, both teams are obviously looking to, you know, climb up the table, get a Europa League spot. Tottenham obviously wants bigger, but at this point, that's what they want to do. So that's the other thing uh, about that game. Right, right. Um, all so right. Not, not in the parlay, by the way. No. And with that, all right, we're going to take a very quick break. But when we come back, parlay partay, baby. <laughs> do you need help filling out your bracket? Well, CBS Sports HQ has got you covered with nonstop coverage of every game from every region of the NCAA tournament. I know that I'm tuning in because I need major help. Leave it to the experts this year. We know you might be rusty after taking last year off. So make sure that you stream CBS Sports HQ all week long. March Madness, my favorite time of the year. Welcome back, everybody. Kego Lasso, our Europa League preview. Jimmy Conrad, and it's all about the Parley Fiesta. La Fiesta de Parley. The Parley Party. Let's do it, baby. What do you have for me? Well, I want to start with, uh, we'll talk about the five remaining games, and then we'll find our three that are in that. But Shakhtar Roma, I want to start there. Shakhtar Donetsk are the favorites in this one. Well, actually, it's more of a coin flip. Sorry, plus 170 for Shakhtar, plus 250 for the draw, plus 145 for Roma straight up. I find that pretty good to get some, some action on Shakhtar. And I say this because Shakhtar were absolutely dominated in leg one by Roma. I was really disappointed with their performance in particular. Even as a Roma supporter, I was like, this Shakhtar team is trash. You know, give us give us a challenge at least, you know? Yeah, so, three they lost. Yeah, three cool. zero. And I think that that zero is very damning because it's going to be hard if you don't have that away goal to play off of. Whereas Olympiacos, sure, I don't think they're going to get past Arsenal, but at least they have that, that, that little brief hope because of that away goal. Now... I thought Shakhtar responded really well this past weekend. They won 4-0, which is exactly the scoreline they need against Roma to go through. And then Roma welcomed Edin Dzeko back on the team. He didn't play in leg one. We thought that was. I remember talking about, ah, it's a big loss. Jordan Vertu is not going to be in there as well. These are two really important guys. And Roma's like, whatever. They, they won 3-0 and crushed it. But they lost 2-0 this weekend to Parma. And I watched a good portion of this game. And I just couldn't believe how listless they were. And just how, like, they couldn't be bothered. I'm like, guys, listen, you're still trying to fight for top four in Serie A. This isn't just some throwaway game. And Parma was all over them, scored, made the plays, scored the goals that they needed to to get a really comprehensive 2-0 result. And I was pissed as a Roma supporter because now we're dropped down to fifth. And, and I just don't know which version of this Roma team is going to show up. So Jekko's back. But now Henrik Mkhitaryan, who was very good in leg one, is out. Uh, Smalling is going to continue to be out. Uh, Juan Jesus, another center back for Roma, is out. Jordan Vertu is still out. I just think that Shakhtar, who beat Real Madrid twice, by the way, in the Champions League group stages, I th they have to show some version of themselves. And I thought that if we're going to look at current form, having a nice rebound, it doesn't matter that the opponent, and the, just, just score some goals and kind of get back on track, whereas Roma did the opposite. 
I like, I like Shakhtar to win this game. I think Roma goes through three zero is going to be really tough to overcome. I could see a two one here for Shakhtar, but I'm throwing Shakhtar in. They're very good at home outside of their one blip against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach in the Champions League group stages. I'm throwing all that out. Their two legs against Borussia Mönchengladbach are out. And Mönchengladbach, we've just saw against City, not that great of a team. So let's just throw that all out. Well, history, like history, by the way, uh, you know, goes with you because Shakhtar have hosted Roma three times in European competition and have won each match. So there we go. You know, I didn't know that, and I'll take that to the bank. They're in, they're in the parlay. I still think Roma goes through. My heart's with Roma. But my brain says that I think Shakhtar are going to have enough here. And I just think they're going to want it a little bit more. All right, it, could, it, could get, it could get a little nervy here. I'll be honest. But no, but let's, overall, add Shakhtar, let's add Shakhtar in the parlay. Boom. Okay, they're in. All cool. right. Next up. All right. So the next one we have is Molda Granada, right? These are the two Cinderella teams. Granada are up 2-0. Molda, I, love pretty, Granada. I do as well. I think that Molda, who still haven't started their domestic league, so they're just kind of hanging around waiting for these games. You lose a little bit of sharpness there. I think we saw a little bit of it in leg one. Granada, despite having so many injuries, their manager, Diego Martinez, is pressing all the right buttons in this competition. Not so much domestically, but 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 everything right is going, or everything is going right for them in the Europa League. They've won three out of the last four, which is as many as their previous 10 combined. Uh, I've, I think I'd be pretty surprised if they crashed out here. I do think Molda have something about them that I really like. And I'm kind of sad these two Cinderella teams are playing against each other, but... Yeah, but I think I think I see this one as a draw, but I don't know for sure because this Molda team could show up. But I think Granada scores very similar to what they did against Napoli in the last last round. They just need that one away goal, and I think that'll be too much for Molda to to overcome with that with that two zero deficit to to consider as well because they'll need three at that point, and and uh, that will be really hard. So, uh, yeah, I don't I just want to stay away from this one because I do, it could go either way, but I think Granada will go through. But I'm going to stay away from like a straight up result based one on this. All right, so let's just move on. What's okay, next? Okay, so let's go to Young Boys versus Ajax. For me, this tie, this draw, this this two-legged affair is over. Ajax won 3-0. Really convincingly, Luis. I, I just did not see Young Boys, who played very well against Bayer Leverkusen in the previous round, scored six goals against Bayer Leverkusen over two legs, throwing up 11 like this. But fair young, play to Ajax. They were young toddlers in this. Yes, they were young toddlers, young babies in this one. They were playing against grown-ass men, and they were young babies. What I love about Ajax is they haven't lost in any competition since the start of December and have only drawn three games since then. They've got 18 wins and three draws in the last 21 games. That is just next level. I like Ajax to win this one and uh, go to Switzerland, get the results. Even if they don't roll out their full team, it doesn't matter. These guys, I just think, have too much quality. I don't even see a draw in this one. I think young young boys might score, but, but... I just think Ajax are going to win. I'm putting them in my parlay. Yeah, no, I'm with you. This is Ajax that just came down from the Champions League. This is Ajax that made it to the semifinals of the Champions League uh, a few seasons ago. So this is a very, very good team. And I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be 3-0, but it'll be a tight victory. Let's put Ajax in there. Okay, so we have Ajax and Shakhtar both winning. So you see the narrative here, Jimmy. Two teams who were in the Champions League, obviously using that experience to keep on going through, uh, but obviously Shakhtar not going through, but at least getting a win over Roma. So Shakhtar and Ajax are in. Okay, so here's the one where I, we could probably make a narrative. We have two more games left. Rangers versus Slavia Prague. Now, I was really su- impressed with and surprised by Rangers getting a result against Slavia Prague. Slavia Prague were very good against Leicester City in the previous round. Rangers were just coming off them winning their first Scottish Premiership title in 10 years. I thought there'd be an emotional letdown. These guys battled. I thought McGregor in goal always gives you a chance. He had a remarkable save there at the very end. And he's the one that actually ruined our parlay. If McGregor doesn't save that header at the end, 
we hit our parlay from last week. I don't really want to talk about it, Dan McGregor. But uh, <laughs> Rangers have to be considered favorites here after it was a 1-1 draw on leg one. Slavia Prague, though, do have something about them. You know, they've won away at Leicester in the last round. They beat Nice and France in the group stages. Like, they've got something about them that, that I like. Um, but they also lost to Bayer Leverkusen 4-0. And they also lost to Apoel um, Beersheba in, in, in Israel in the group stages as well. So it's just like, I don't know which version of this. And, and Rangers are unbeaten at home all season with 20 wins from 21 matches at the Ibrox. So I don't know. I think it sets up for Rangers to, to move through. This one is a little bit like, I think, I think Rangers will do it, but I'm not entirely convinced. <laughs> yeah, well, here's to add one more thing here, Jimmy. Uh, both managers, including Steven Jarrett as well, they're both worried about the Ibrox Stadium because it's kind of a mess, the pitch. It's mm. not, it's kind of ugly. It's not looking good. The turf looks an absolute mess. And uh, no matter what, you might see a very uh, ugly game, maybe. It's just been a poor pitch uh, from a continental perspective, definitely. So I'm wondering if that will have any factor in it. I mean, it's, it's worth considering. I do think that Rangers, I think James Tavernier, one of their best players, is going to come back into the team. I don't know if he'll start. Maybe he does. Maybe they're playing a little, you know, gamesmanship and not really revealing if he, how healthy he is or isn't. Hmm. Slavia Prague is tough, and I don't think they're going to roll over. I think that's going to be a very tough game, and, and Rangers are going to have to fight all 90 minutes to get that result. Again, I could just see it going one-one. Maybe Rangers win it an extra time, win it in penalties, but ignoring it. I, I'm just gonna. I'm just not gonna throw this into the parlay because it's All just. Right. So let's go to the last one. Via Real. Via Real versus uh, Dinamo Kiev. Unai right? Emery, baby. Right. Unai That's Emery. It. That's all you have to say. So Unai Emery, since the knockout rounds began, he went into RB Salzburg, went to Austria, took on Jesse Marsh, our friend of the show, and he slapped around a good RB Salzburg team 2-0 away from home. I was like, all right. We'll see if he can do it again. So he goes to, you know, Dinamo Kiev, goes to Ukraine and slaps around a pretty good team, 2-0. I'm like, dude, this guy's got this competition down. He's got it down. He, he, he knows how to win in the Europa League. This guy is an absolute freak with the Europa League. I'm not betting against them. I think they're going to do the business at home. I got Villarreal in our parlay, and that is it. All three of those teams winning, Shakhtar, Ajax, and Villarreal plus 790. Let's go, baby. We're putting $10 down to win 80 or 79 bucks. Let's do it, Luis. I'm with you. Like the luck of the Irish, we're going to make this happen. I'm absolutely in on Villarreal. And by the way, let's remember that 10 times they've made it through nine times progressing uh, to the next stage. Unai Emery knows this tournament very well, even without Pau Torres, by the way, who might not be available for this one. It doesn't matter. They, yeah, have, they, they have 100% home record in Europe this season. I yeah, just want to throw that out there. Maybe now, I just jinx them. I almost didn't want to say because I, I feel like I jinxed them now. But but they're still going to win. They're going to win. They got it. They got it. We're going to hit this one. All this three, is our part A. Shakhtar, um, Ajax, Villarreal. Come on. Come, everybody. Come join us on this piggy. I'm gonna, we can put it, we're going to put you guys on our shoulders. You're going to come on for a little piggyback ride or whatever, and we're going to lead you to glory. Plus 790, those three teams winning. It's the Parlay Partey. I love it. And please tweet us, Kegolasso Pod, Jimmy Conrad, LMHARI, to just let us know. Just let us know what, what you're planning on doing uh, and if anything goes your way. Well, that's it, Jimmy Conrad. That's our Europa League preview and our Parley Partey. Any final thoughts uh, before uh, we see each other again in a few hours? No, that was fun. I look forward to seeing you in a few hours. Every single time. I see you more than my wife these days. <laughs> and I love it. All right, Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. All right, thanks, Elise. 
Hey everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget that we are on Twitter, Pod, And please send us questions. We love to hear from you. Okay, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CBSSports.com, YouTube.com forward slash Gegolasso. Please subscribe. That's what all our videos are, all our shows. It's how we're going to be able to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs> <laughs>